Hi, I'm Sean. I've always been curious about the answers to life's big questions. I thought it would be cool to seek some of those answers through conversations with others on a similar path. My intention with these conversations is to inspire you to think bigger, to challenge what you believe to be possible. I'd like to invite you to think outside the lines. Hey, it's Sean, and I want to welcome you to the Think Outside the Lines podcast, where my objective is to bring you insightful conversations with thought leaders who are doing their part to make the world a better place. Now, I want to tell you about a couple of exciting things in the works. First up, I've just relaunched thinkoutsidethelines.com, which I'm pretty excited about since I now offer virtual coaching, which gives me the opportunity to connect with and mentor people all over the world. And you can also learn more about me, about the podcast. We've also got some other cool stuff in the works over there, so be sure to head over and check it out. And if you aren't already, please follow me on Instagram. You can do that at Think Outside the Lines. It helps you stay up to date with all the latest guests and everything related to the show. And lastly, I'd love if you'd head over to Apple Podcasts and leave a review for the show. I've got some amazing guests coming up, and the best way for new listeners to discover the show is for Apple to promote it. And they do this when a show receives great reviews in addition to streams and downloads. I want to thank you so much for your support. I'm super grateful to everyone who listens, and I'm excited to bring you some great content in the future. All right, my guest today is the creator of YourCourageousLife.com. She's also the director of the Courageous Living Coach Certification and the author of The Courage Habit, How to Accept Your Fears, Release the Past, and Live Your Courageous Life. Now, as I alluded to in the last episode, I'm so inspired by this conversation uh, definitely converted me into a super fan. I love her mission and her passion for helping others. And if you missed part one, please go back and check it out because this episode features part two of our incredibly inspiring conversation. So thanks for joining us again. Um, and please enjoy part two of my conversation with Kate Swoboda. In the pre-interview, I think it was in the pre-interview materials that you sent over, um, there was a particular sentence that really jumped out at me, and I feel like it's it's something that like every human on the planet has struggled or is struggling with. Um, I want to talk about how we can clarify like what really matters to us um, and how we can figure out how to prioritize that and how we can stay focused. Mm. Mm. <laughs> um, <laughs> so like how where to start if somebody's not sure or or unpack that for me yeah no of course I just okay so I'm again I'm talking to an audience that is primarily in the United States right where we're just overly stimulated with you know we're having to think about politics in ways we never have before we have to think about you know taking care of our families and people in our lives career you know taking care of ourselves like how do we I realize that there's a ton to unpack there and I don't, there's not necessarily a right answer to this question. I'm just curious to get different people's perspectives on like what, what works for you in terms of how you can clarify the things that you focus on in that, you know what I mean? And how do you figure out like what your priorities are when there's so much coming at us all the time? Mm, mm, mm. Okay. So I land on that as like, uh, well, a values question I land on, like, what are my personal values? You know, um, and I know values work is is talked about a lot in the self-help space, but um, some of the most helpful 
reading I've done recently about values work is actually from Dr. Brene Brown's uh, Dare to Lead, which is technically a book that's about leadership within organizations. But the section on values is so pun pun coming invaluable um, because she talks about operationalizing them. Like it's very lofty to say, well, integrity is a value. But what does that actually mean in your life if you're going to let integrity lead as a value? So I'm really clear about a couple things. So like, for instance, that integrity is one of my primary values. Um, And I am at the point where I'm very clear that it just doesn't work for me to feel out of integrity with myself and just like let that slide. Now, nobody's perfect. So everybody's out of integrity in their life somewhere. But I'm just talking about when a lack of integrity is staring me in the face. I said I would do something. I'm not doing it. I've gotten to the point where I dislike that feeling so much that how do I become in integrity with me is the priority. So that dictates things like, oh, am I going to slack off on meditation today? No, I'm not, because I do not like how I feel when I am out of integrity around that. It, it, it informs how often I'm checking email and how often I'm checking social media. For me, it is out of integrity, out of alignment for me to be attached to my phone. So it's like, I don't have any notifications on my phone with the exception of like Voxer because that's how I communicate with my team and um, the private network where I work with, you know, trainees of the Courageous Living Coach Certification, which is the training program that I run. That's it. I don't have Instagram notifications turned on or Facebook notifications turned on. I check those things because I do want to interact with the people who are showing up you know, to interact with me in those spaces, but I don't have the notifications turned on because my priority is not to look at notifications. My priority is the creative work. So the values are what lead that. Integrity leads with, okay, I got this opportunity to go travel and speak. um, And it would mean being gone over the weekend of my daughter's birthday party. Well, that's like, you know, to me, that's just a no brainer. No way. Won't happen. I don't care if it's the best opportunity in the world, you know, like it, it, it's my daughter's birthday. That's a bigger priority. I wouldn't feel in integrity with myself if I skipped my daughter's birthday for a career opportunity. So the values piece is, is how I'd say I start prioritizing the day. Um, and then the other thing that I'll, I'll, I feel called to mention in this moment is, um, you know, when you define your most courageous self and how that most courageous self would live, it gets easier to see what you want to cut away. So in the courage habit, I talk about that. Um, And working with clients, I I based the structure of the courage habit on what it's like to work with a one-on-one coaching client. And, you know, most coaches start out by going, what's the goal here? What's the end game you're hoping for? And so in the courage habit, I talk about, this end game of living as your most courageous self. And so if my most courageous self wants to have a relationship with my husband that leaves God speechless, if my most courageous self wants to be able to lift 125 pounds in the clean and jerk at CrossFit, you know, if my most courageous self wants to feel free and open, then I need to make choices that are going to, get me there. And skipping CrossFit 
that's not a choice that's going to get me there. Loading up my calendar with 50 million different, I don't know, telesummits that I could be on, that's not going to get me there. You know, so it's like have some idea of where you're trying to go and be really and that starts to help you see what isn't going to help you get there. All of that was so beautiful. And I it's I'm going to. So in the beginning, you alluded to something that like as you started talking, it actually caused me to think. Um, I I don't want to discount anything that you just said, because it's all amazing. Um, But I think that a lot of what you're speaking to starts with turning off the notifications on your phone <laughs> because I just, um, cause that's literally the first thing that came to mind because I, that's another thing that I did recently with the exception of like, you know, uber important things. But, um, I think that we're trying to stay busy and distract ourselves so much. And those things just perpetuate that when the beauty of life is really about presence and you can't be present if you're looking at a screen all day. Oh my God. Yeah. No, the screen thing is huge. Like, you know, I see these articles, um, you know, and I remember life before cell phones, kids, it's possible. Totally. You you know, so I remember rotary phones. Okay. (laughs) You know, that's the phone that was in my house growing up. And I, I read articles now about people who are so addicted to their phones that it feels like a big deal to not have their phone next to them in the bed. Yeah. And I'm, I'm going, what? I, I, I mean, I'm not, I'm not meaning to sound like a pompous jerk, you know, really condescending, like, oh my God, I don't know. No, literally I'm saying to me, that just seems like a, for a really out of control relationship with a device. Like it, nothing on your phone is real. It all just exists <laughs> so on a true. cloud hard drive somewhere. Yeah. That is all. What's real is that you're breathing. What's real is that you hear my words or Sean's words and they go into your heart and you go, here's how I feel. But like the notifications, they aren't real. And more and more, we're even finding out like bots are leaving notifications. It, it's like, it's so crazy to me. So I don't have the phone. Um, I don't have the phone in my in my bedroom. It is off in another room. People are like, well, what do you do to like wake up in the morning? I'm like, it's called an alarm clock. <laughs> totally. <laughs> you know, I, I have a Fitbit that I wear. Um, you know, some people are really weirded out by wearable tech. I like having a Fitbit because I can see what my resting heart rate is. And um, working from home, it buzzes at me, reminds me to go get my steps in. So to me, that, but I don't have notifications. You can have them on. Um, Fitbit where you'll get notified of like a bunch of different stuff. I don't have any of that turned on. Um, you know, I, you know, we, we do Amazon fire TV for everything. So we don't get a lot of commercials and, um, I have the, when I am on Facebook on my desktop, I have the, the Chrome newsfeed eradicator app installed in my browser so that I I don't get. (laughs) Yeah. I mean, like, it's really, um, how do you do, I don't understand. And this is a deep concern to me as a parent, how people do creative work when so many pings are coming at people all at once. Yeah. And I think it's actually really interesting because I too grew up and I'm assuming we're probably close in proximity in terms of age. Um, but I, I grew up without all these, all this technology. Right. And so I wonder like what the impact is going to be, you know, 20 years from now, 10 years from now, even um, with these kids that have never known 
a life outside of this technology and that extends to these devices, like what in terms of attention span, anxiety, all this stuff, right? Like you're seeing all these studies now when we're still in these like premature phases of it. And it's, it's incredibly disturbing. Oh yeah. We don't let my daughter's four and a half as of you and I talking and we don't let her touch our phones. We, you know, we don't, we, we have them put away a lot whenever she's around. Um, my husband is a graphic designer and he has an iPad that has like the drawing pen. Um, and my, our daughters used it a couple times, but like, no, we have, you know, butcher paper out in the uh, kitchen for her to, you know, just stop, drop and draw at any time. And it's just, yeah, it's, it worries me. It worries me a lot. That yeah. I'm not a parent. Social worlds are being constructive totally. by that. I'm not a parent and it worries me. So I can only imagine if you have kids, what that must be like. Um, in the introduction to your book, you share what I think is a very simple yet eloquent statement uh, in regard to what you want to do in the, this life. You say, um, I want to work with people in some way that makes their lives better. And I can't tell you how deeply that one sentence resonated with me because I personally feel the exact same way. And I'm so grateful, like with this podcast, to be able to connect with other like-minded humans. Um, in regard to coaching specifically, though, I, I would, I'd like if you could just talk for a second about your journey into this career and kind of what it means to be able to help people in this way. Mm. Well, I, you know, the book opens with me not being happy in the career that I that I was in, and I was a college professor. And I, um, you know, I, I really had to take some time to go, what do I and don't I like about the current working environment? And what stood out to me was that the part of the job that I loved the most was actually like office hours when students would come and they'd talk about, here's why I'm having trouble writing this paper. Here's what I was thinking of the reading assignment that you gave, but I'm kind of unsure about this, that, and the other. And then also learning about their personal lives and learning about just, you know, I'm, I'm, you know, English is my second language and I am juggling school with taking my mom to the doctor and translating for her because she doesn't speak English. Um, you know, money issues that were coming up, just, you know, the basic issues of life and wanting to be connected and people loving me and, and stuff like that. And I, I just really went, well, where's a career where I could do that? And I, I looked into becoming a therapist and, you know, the, the road, the trajectory to becoming a therapist involves many more years of education. I already had a graduate degree. Um, and then too, just, like I didn't necessarily feel called to work with people who have really serious clinical diagnoses. So it was kind of like, well, I, I, I want to work with people who um, maybe are something like me, right? You know, that's, we are our own test kitchens, right? Um, and, and by like me, I meant, I feel like there's something more, but I'm not fulfilled. I know that I'm smart and I can set a goal and take action towards the goal with relative consistency. And yet somehow something's still not working. I have patterns that I get stuck in and I can't always see the forest for the trees. So I, I began looking around and going, well, what are the options and learned about life coaching. And, you know, that was that. It was like the first time that I did a little demo coaching training kind of exercise. I I was just like, oh, this is it. This feels like um, office hours with my students and trying to help someone with a problem, but not tell them what to do. 
um, and certainly not see them as like somehow um, damaged mentally or emotionally and somehow I've got to quote unquote heal them. Um, this is like helping to problem solve in a way that's about more than just setting a goal and I don't have to grade papers. So <laughs> sign me up, you know, totally. <laughs> I don't have to grade papers. I don't have to deal with departmental politics and, um, you just have to deal with connection, right? That's what it's about. Yeah. I mean, you know, and then the hard part, of course, if you do the entrepreneurial route is how do you make the money work? And that yeah. was its own thing for a long time. You know, but but yeah, I was like, this is what I want to do. This really lights me up. That's it right there. That's yeah. that's the big thing to me. What lights you up? And I think that's that's a question that I'm pursuing with this podcast. That's a question that I'm encouraging other people to pursue through these conversations. I think that it's so important that we are more intentional in our lives around the things that light us up. And so I I'm so inspired by what you're doing out there and just want to say thank you on behalf of anyone that's discovered your work. Um, I, I asked this last question to all my guests because I think that we live in a crazy world and we didn't even, I had questions because I know you're really passionate about the current political landscape and I, I'd love to go there maybe again sometime, but, um, I want to ask you, what has you hopeful? Mm-hmm, mm-hmm, mm-hmm. Um, so this might sound kind of funny, but like it, it, it goes back to what we were just saying, you know, doing the work that lights you up. So, the, you know, I train life coaches for a living. I've heard people say more than once, God, there's so many life coaches or too many life coaches. And no, there's not I enough. Call, I call <laughs> bullshit on that. OK, there are too many corporate lobbyists. Yep. There are too many executives trying to find new ways to market soda to children which is going to give them health problems for their entire lives. There are too many people trying to find workarounds for dumping chemicals into rivers and not getting prosecuted for it. That's what we have too many freaking people doing in the world. We do not have too many people who are looking around and going, I don't have a perfect life, but I would love to learn a skill set that's about holding space and helping someone else. So I am very hopeful that we live in a world where so many people want that as their life. Even if they decide I'm not going to be like an entrepreneurial coach or I'm not going to go into coaching or personal growth as a career, there are so many people who are going, I want to wake up. And that makes me really hopeful. Amen. Kate, like I said, I'm so inspired by your mission. And I just want to thank you so much again for all you're doing out there in the world to help people. Um, please tell us how we can connect with you. You can learn more about me at yourcourageouslife.com, teamclcc.com, Kate Courageous on Instagram, The Courage Habit, um, Amazon, your local bookseller, all kinds of places. But look for Kate Courageous, you'll, you'll find me. All right. I'd like to thank you so much for listening today. Now, if you're enjoying the show, please subscribe and leave a review on Apple Podcasts as it's the best way to discover new episodes of the show. And please be sure to share this episode with anyone you think could benefit from hearing it. Now, you can find the links for everything we talk about in the show notes, in addition to coaching services and so much more. Just head over to thinkoutsidethelines.com and feel free to drop me a line with any questions or feedback you have on the show. You can send an email anytime to hello at thinkoutsidethelines.com. Until next time, go out there and pursue your passion today, because the best way to predict the future is to create it.
For more information, please visit thinkoutsidethelines.com.